Good morning. We are going to be in 2 Peter chapter 3 this morning, and on our way there, I'd love to stop with you in Acts chapter 1. If you would open a Bible there, we will stop briefly in Acts chapter 1 on our way to 2 Peter chapter 3. It is so good to be with you. While you're getting settled, could I take just a moment to say thank you on behalf of my family for taking such good care of us, your thoughts, your prayers. We came home to a a mountain of sympathy cards that made the stack of Christmas cards that were already there look small. And so thank you for that. Thank you for your care and love of us. It is good to be home with you this morning. It has been my privilege over the last several weeks to really one more time focus our attention on this great theme from a great him that we have spent so much time rooting and grounding ourselves in this year. I am his and he is mine. And there have been a, a variety of ways for us to look at that and to appreciate that and challenge ourselves with that. And it seemed like to me as we made our most recent pass through first and second Peter in our daily Bible reading that there were just so many paragraphs and sentences and even phrases that just breathed life into that theme for our year. I am his and he is mine. So I appreciate you going on this journey with me. As we walked through 1st and 2nd Peter and briefly revisited at times different scenes in Peter's life, his walk with the Lord, and then how about three decades after the Lord had ascended back into the heavens, Peter, now a much older man, speaks to us. And it sure has seemed like to me, I hope to you as well, that we could detect that, that heartbeat. I am his and he is mine from beginning to end. I'd like to start with you in this last sermon of this series, actually back in Acts 1, looking at, at just one more scene where we know that Peter was there. Peter was there in Jerusalem on the Mount of Olives when Acts 1 verse 6, they had come together and they asked the Jesus who had died on a cross just a few weeks before and on the first day of the week just like this had come out of the grave and had appeared to Peter and James and John and the twelve and to several different women and big groups and small groups, sometimes hundreds at a time. Peter was there when the disciples asked the risen Jesus, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? 
He said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by His own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And when He had said these things, as they were looking on, He was lifted up, and a cloud took Him out of their sight, and while they, Peter included, was, were, were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Peter was there. He heard those words. For the next 30 years, that was his anxious anticipation. He wasn't just waiting, he was hastening the day. That those words in Acts chapter 1 would be fulfilled. If you turn in your Bibles with me to 2 Peter chapter 3, he begins by saying, this is now the second letter that I am writing to you, beloved. And we've noticed on a couple of different occasions where he gives us in his own words a kind of mission statement for these letters here he does it again, making his aim crystal clear. In both of them, both of these letters, I am stirring up your sincere mind by way of reminders. So would you just pause for a moment before we read the rest of the chapter and and think with me about the sort of thing he must have had in mind. Maybe just a few pages before this in your Bibles. 1 Peter chapter 1. What sort of eternally important reminders has he used to stir up our minds 2,000 years later through this inspired letter well we started in first peter chapter 1 and verse 2 hearing about the foreknowledge of god the father the sanctification of the spirit for obedience to jesus christ and for sprinkling with his blood we heard about the opportunity for grace and peace to be multiplied to us Verse 3, we heard, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. We heard in chapter 1, verse 25, This is the good news that was preached to you. We heard him remind us in chapter 2 and verse 9. You are a chosen race. 
a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for His own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. We heard in verse 19 of chapter 2 that come what may, it is a gracious thing when mindful of God one endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. We heard the reminder in chapter 3 verse 15 that in our hearts we are to honor Christ the Lord as holy. Always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks us for a reason for the hope that is in us. We heard in chapter 4 and verse 1 the reminder, Christ suffered in the flesh. And since that happened, you also arm yourselves with the same way of thinking. We heard the reminder in chapter 4 verse 19, let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to a faithful creator. You do the next right thing. You be active in doing good. We heard the reminder, chapter 5 verse 6, humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God so that at the proper time He may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on Him because He, He cares for you. We heard the reminder in 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3 that God's divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us to His own glory and excellence. You heard last Sunday evening, I so appreciate Roger keeping the ball rolling. Not everybody could step in and and just start preaching with about 36 hours worth of notice on 2 Peter chapter 2. But he did that. And he reminded us, 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9, the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trials. And so how does he end? This man who walked with the Lord for three years, these are his last recorded words. And they have been preserved for 2,000 years. Would you read those last words with me? Chapter 3, verse 1. This is now the second letter that I am writing to you, beloved. In both of them I am stirring up your sincere mind by way of reminder that you should remember the predictions of the holy prophets and the commandment of the Lord and Savior through your apostles. Knowing this first of all, that scoffers will come in the last days with scoffing, following their own sinful desires. They will say, where is the promise of His coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all things are continuing as they were from the beginning of creation. For they deliberately overlook this fact, that the heavens existed long ago and the earth was formed out of water and through water by the Word of God. 
And that by means of these, the world that then existed was deluged with water and perished. But by the same word, the heavens and earth that now exist are stored up for fire, being kept until the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. But do not overlook this one fact, beloved. That with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slow to fulfill His promise, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you. Not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. But the day of the Lord will come. Like a thief. And then the heavens will pass away with a roar. And the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved. And the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. Since all these things are thus to be dissolved. What sort of people ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness. Waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God. Because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved and the heavenly bodies will melt as they burn. But according to His promise, we are waiting for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Therefore, beloved, since you are waiting for these, be diligent. To be found by him without spot or blemish and at peace. And count the patience of our Lord as salvation. Just as our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you according to the wisdom given him. As he does in all his letters when he speaks in them of these matters. There are some things in them that are hard to understand. Which the ignorant and unstable twist to their own destruction as they do the other scriptures. You therefore beloved... Knowing this beforehand, take care that you are not carried away with the error of lawless people and lose your own stability, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory, both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. This inspired apostle wants you to understand this morning. You are an heir. I am an heir. We are heirs of two things that ought to absolutely change and shape and fuel our lives. There are Holy prophets. Remember what he told us in chapter 1, verse 21. They didn't come up with this on their own. They were carried along by the Holy Spirit. The word that we just heard him use for their writings are the scriptures. They are breathed out by God. And we, even today, are the heirs of their predictions. 
And Peter, 2,000 years ago, we heard him in chapter 1 say, listen, we have the prophetic word that has been confirmed over and over and over again, most clearly in the coming of our Savior and King, the risen Lord Jesus Christ. But he also wants us to understand that's not where it ended. You, readers of his first and second letter, are also an heir of writings of men who were called specifically by the Son of God, called apostles, those sent on a very specific mission. And when they came and proclaimed, they unashamedly said, though they were fishermen from Galilee, they said, you need to hear the commandment of the Lord. And now, as as he is drawing this second letter to a close, he wants any reader in any part of the world, at any point in human history, to understand you are an heir of these God-breathed things. What impact ought those words from God, what impact ought they to have on us? If you take away this morning two words, these are the two words that I want you to remember. In fact, for for my part, if you take away two words from this entire theme this year, these are the two words I would love for you to carry with you into 2023. No this know this that is what God uses Peter to help you do know this you weren't there you didn't see you didn't hear you weren't an eyewitness but by God's incredible plan we can know. That's the language that he uses in chapter 3, verse 3. Knowing this. What does he want us to know? There are going to be people who scoff at this. There were people who scoffed at the promises of God in the slave pits of Egypt. There were people who scoffed at the promises of God in the Sinai wilderness. There were people who scoffed at the promise of God in the city of Jerusalem. There were people who scoffed at Emmanuel, God with us in the flesh. And so let's just get that whole thing out of the way. Not everybody's heart is willing to accept the words of an exalted king. And when you choose to believe them and build your life upon them, there are going to be some people who scoff at that idea. Where is he? Didn't he promise? Were any of those promises 
really true. Did any of these things really happen? After all, each and every day, day after day, the sun rises, the sun sets, the sun rises the next day. None of this is really going to happen. Know this, disciple of Jesus. Whether it's in words written in Greek on ancient parchment or a highly produced YouTube video, there are going to be people who scoff. But you need to know this. Those people are deliberately overlooking really important things. Two things. In fact, they are deliberately overlooking the power of God's Word. Page 1 of our Bible, you can just look and you can see at the beginning of each paragraph on page 1 of your Bible, and God said, and it happened. God said, let there be light, and there was light. God said, let there be an expanse, and there was an expanse. God said, let dry land appear, and dry land appeared. God said, and there were birds in the air, and fish in the sea, and creeping things on the ground. And God said, and there was man created in his own image. Listen we need to remember this earth on which we sit this very morning was formed simply by the Word of God. And this Word was flooded by the Word of God. We can read all about it in Genesis 6, 7, and 8. And what Peter is so zealous that we would know this morning. Look at the beginning of 2 Peter 3, verse 7. By the same word. And now he's talking about us. And he's talking about our future. And he's talking about the future of the human race as long as this world stands. We are not special in this regard. We are not immune. We are not somehow exempt. Our world was formed by His Word. Our world was flooded by His Word. And by the same Word, this world will have an end. Know this. Scoffers are deliberately overlooking the power of God's Word and they are deliberately overlooking the promise of God's coming. Remember. That's what he's doing in these letters. Stirring up our minds by way of reminder. Remember days of the Lord in the past. Remember the day of the Lord when the flood came. Remember the day of the Lord against Sodom and Gomorrah. Remember the day of the Lord against Egypt and Jerusalem and Edom and Assyria and Babylon. And on and on and on it goes. Read your Old Testaments, he is pleading with us. And recognize 
every prediction God made came to pass. Who are we? How foolish and short-sighted to breathe God's air and to act as if what He has promised is not going to happen. No. The heavens and earth that now exist is the word, the phrase that He uses. Look around you at what exists right now. Are there things that are Hard to imagine from Genesis 1 and Genesis 2. Of course there are. But listen, if you could understand it, you'd be like him. He is high above you. High above me. Know this. Everything he has said has come to pass. And the powerful word that he uses in three consecutive verses, chapter 3, verse 10, 11, and 12, is dissolved. The heavens and earth that now exist. Can you begin to imagine the entire Ohio Valley dissolving? Like an Alka-Seltzer tablet that gets dropped in water. Can you imagine the Smoky Mountains dissolving, the Rocky Mountains dissolving, the Grand Canyon dissolving, the Alps, the Himalayas, Mount Everest. Can you imagine the things that we believe, that we look to that are most stable, they are going to be dissolved. The same God that formed them with His Word is telling us they are upheld by His Word and at His Word what now exists eventually is going to be dissolved. And so know this. There are people who scoff. You don't make the mistake of overlooking like they do. You can't control them, but you can control whether or not you will overlook the power of God's Word and the promise of God's Word. Don't make that mistake is what he is telling us. No, you remember some fundamental truths about you and about him. God isn't like us when it comes to time and when it comes to keeping promises. It had been 30 years since Peter, with his own eyes, watched the Lord ascend into the heavens. It might as well have been three seconds or 3,000 years. Peter, as he writes this, is a much older man, not able to do what he once was. In fact, we heard his remembrance, his constant awareness. The Lord has told me how I'm going to make my departure from this life. That's not my end, that's not going to be yours. It is only a departure from this place that is going to be dissolved. And it's one thing for a human being to make a promise to you. It's one thing for you to make a promise to another human being. 
And we all know what it is like to make a promise and not keep it. But God, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, isn't like that. Remember, God is patient. And how glorious that this inspired apostle of King Jesus tells us why. Why did the sun come up this morning? Why have things not been dissolved yet? Why has the ultimate day of the Lord not come yet? Here's the why. It's not Peter's speculation. It is from God who is patient with us. Wishing. There are lots of people who will scoff at and distort and have you look at the God of the universe and His heart in all sorts of twisted, contorted ways. You heard a lot about that last Sunday night from 2 Peter 2. Let's take God's word for it. What is His heart, His intense desire for you and for everyone? That we would reach repentance. That we would reach the point where we would stop deceiving ourselves and believing the lies that have so darkened humanity and we would turn to the God who is light and love and hope and peace. Remember in his final words, I want you to hear his heart as he says, remember what sort of people we ought to be. How many times in these eight chapters has he used the words holiness and godliness? Don't be afraid to be distinctive. That is when the light shines the brightest. Don't be deterred by the scoffers who are allowing the the life-giving seed of God's Word to fall on hard, self-centered hearts. You be different. You be like Him. You trust that His way is the way. His prescription for life is life the way that it was meant to be. And you wait. Faithfully wait. And don't just wait. You wait like a kid waiting for the rope to drop to be able to run into the magic kingdom. Hastening. I can't wait for it to happen. I don't know what you're looking forward to this week. I I don't know what you're hoping for in the new year. But my intense desire is that we would all allow this inspired apostle to tell us this is what matters most. This is what we are so anxious to actually have happen. Our Lord come just as was promised when Peter saw it and heard it with his own eyes and ears. Therefore, every great book has a conclusion. Every great life has a conclusion. Here's Peter's. Be diligent. 
be diligent to be found by him. If your Bible is still open there, would you look with me at 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 10? It, it, it can easily be lost in our, our English translations, but verse 10 talks about the very last line of that, the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed, is how the English Standard Version translates that. You might have a footnote that points you and tells you that in the language that Peter is writing in, what he really says is the earth and the works that are done on it will be found. And how personal he makes it for me and for you. Listen, the day is going to come when you are found. Not that he's lost you. Not that there's some way of playing hide and seek with him, especially when you'd like to hide things from him. But the day will come when you come face to face with him. And you will be seen in a way that you have never been seen before. Be diligent when you are found to be pure. <laughs> how? Do you remember how in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 22, he told us, having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love. Love one another earnestly from a pure heart since you have been born again. Not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and abiding Word of God. Do you remember how in 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 21 in talking about that same flood that came by the power of God's word. He says baptism now saves you. Not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Do you hear what he is saying? You don't want to be found by him. Still carrying your sins. Still accountable to your Creator for your sins. But if you will repent and be baptized in His name, your sins can be forgiven. Be diligent to be found by Him, pure and at peace. Are you at peace this morning? Therefore, don't, don't take his patience for granted. But guard your own stability. We heard in 1 Peter chapter 5 that shepherds are a God-given blessing. Teachers are a God-given blessing. 
brothers and sisters in Christ or a God-given blessing. But I want you to listen to Peter very carefully this morning. No one can be stable for you at the end of 2022. No one can be stable for you if the Lord wills in 2023. And so in one sentence, grow. Grow deep spiritual roots. Grow to bear fruit for this God who has given so much for you. How do you grow? You grow in the grace and knowledge. Know this. What an incredible anthem for our morning. Jimmy began with us in Psalm 100. Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who made us and we are His. Know this. We are His people and the sheep of his pasture. Know this. How incredible that this man lived 2,000 years ago. And yet through the power of these letters that have been here all along, he is able to say to us even this very morning, Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. God's desire for you is clear. That you would be able to leave here this morning saying, I am His and He is mine. If we can help you make that a reality, would you come to the front of this room just as you are and let us know how we can help while we stand and sing.